You're listening to Bedroom Beethoven's, where notable music makers break down stories accompanied by songs and melodies documenting growth through their 10,000-hour journey. And me? Well, my name is Cello, your host. I am a bedroom Beethoven. <laughs> I've been working this grave shift and I ain't made shit. I wish I could buy me a spaceship and fly. Welcome to episode 81 of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You understand me now. Bet you didn't know your boy could sing like that, huh? Sometimes you see that I'm mad. My guest this week no is. One can always be an angel. My name is Devo Springsteen, producer, songwriter, has worked with uh, most notably Kanye West, John Legend, a lot of the common, the, the good music family, um, Britney Spears, Aretha Franklin, Jay-Z, Deborah Cox, Nas, etc. And you're, you're not the cousin that stole the laptop. I'm, I'm not the cousin that stole the, the laptop. Because I get people on Twitter saying, oh, you bastard, you stole the laptop. And both John and Kanye were like, no, that's not the cousin that stole the laptop. So this is verified, not me. CEO Devo Springsteen. He helped build cousin Kanye West's good music label by signing college roommate John Legend and won a Grammy for his work on Kanye's Diamonds from Sierra Leone. In fact, if you heard any of the old Kanye stuff pre-college dropout, pretty good chance it came from Devo's apartment building. He's now heading the next generation of storytelling, a company called Adventure, where you can easily create smart videos which integrate touch and voice interactivity into any video experience. That's right. Visit Adventure. That's A-D-V-E-N-T-R dot I-O to sign up for the exclusive beta for free. In the meantime, as we approach mid-August... I wish you all happy vibes, happy summertime vibes. Appreciate you checking out the podcast. As always, patreon.com slash bedroom Beethoven's is where you can support this content creator. Give a little, get a little. Sign up for my Patreon to unlock early episodes, stickers, swag, and more. And don't forget, this podcast is available pretty much everywhere. Podcasts are streaming. And the website is bedroombeethovens.com. Browse the website. Hell, send me an email. Chop it up with me. This podcast can be as interactive as you make it. Devo Springsteen is my guest. Time to talk good music and entrepreneurship. Let's hit it. I did the I did the John Legend all of me uh, interactive video. I messed up, and John told me to try again twice before I got the chord right. Yeah, but man, that was yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the goal of this new company is that videos like I shouldn't even say videos because they're not videos; they're adventures. Um, but the goal is that in the next five years, that's normal. That's not even interesting on the internet. But like Netflix had the Black Mirror 
uh, Bandersnatch, that wasn't you, right? Right. That was not. Um, so there's there's some copycat guys out there with the interactive thing. I think it, it works really well for music, but TV, I don't think it's caught on as strong. I think there's different hurdles to jump for each category, right? Yeah. I mean, in terms of what well, we were doing that sort of interactive stuff eight or nine years ago. And so what literally what Netflix is doing now on a much b- bigger level are things that we were doing uh, ages ago. Now, even what Netflix is doing, which is pretty cool, um, it seems like a big lift. Like they had to build all the software. It doesn't work on Facebook. It doesn't work anywhere outside of the Netflix app, which is cool. What we do is allow that same thing and much more, but you don't need to build a big software team. Anyone can do it. And it works on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and mobile and ad networks and your desktop and your website. And so that's where it gets powerful is that it works virtually anywhere and um, it's really easy to do and it's really affordable. And we have a lot of new technology, like including voice. We've actually made it so you can speak to a video and it hears you and changes. So it's a lot deeper than sort of what Netflix is doing, but that validates what I said with a mu- I made a music video about 10 years ago that was interactive. And all these companies came to me and started saying, oh, we need that. How can we do that? So I realized, oh, in the future, this is how it's going to be on the internet. And Netflix is one of the first big companies to say, yeah, we want to double down on interactivity. But there's been interest in that, people doing it for many years. And I feel like me personally, and the people I work with, I think we're honestly, some of the most advanced, if not the most advanced people on earth when it comes to interactive media. Well, it's been in beta for, like you said, like eight years. Is that is a company to be in beta that long normal because of the design thesis? You know, there's different pricing, monetization strategies, there's different target markets. It changes over the years as you prepare for launch. So how do you, how do you keep up with that? Just to be totally clear, the Adventure.tv was a different company with different technology years ago. The Adventure.io has only been up maybe four weeks. To give you a bit of context, that was a software kind of me learning about this space. And that didn't exist after maybe 2017. So I started a whole new company last year, different branding and everything. And I did. I learned a lot about technology. I actually got recruited to Vimeo, where I ran their video player technology team. Learned, And I haven't had a job in like 15 years, right? And so um, learned about the scaling corporate s- scenarios. And so I started a new company last year, also in the interactive media space, had people start signing up a few months ago, and we can track where people are coming from to sign up. And we can see over 90% of people are looking for this adventure service, which hasn't been around in a few years. And so that's why a few weeks ago, we're like, no, so we're just going to change back to adventure because that's what people are looking for. People on Reddit or all over people making YouTube videos about this adventure thing. So let's just use that name. So that's why you see adventure.io because it's a, it is a new situation, but we are sort of remixing the brand equity that already exists. OCHRE was also one of your companies, correct? Yes. Yes. But no one could pronounce it like you right now. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, I don't like okra. I don't want any okra. I'm like, no, it's ochre. Ochre. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So well, it's funny you had you why. had a disdain for uh, Vimeo like maybe a decade ago. Like if people sent you a link, so it, it's funny that you worked there. I guess you you wanted to build the brand up better than how it was viewed maybe a decade ago. Because I mean, YouTube has really had no competition in the last 10, 11 years. I had a disdain for for Vimeo. Um, I think I did say something like that. Um, <laughs> there's all sorts of people that need video for all sorts of things. And at Vimeo, the people that you know generally tend to use that, uh, they don't want ads. They have a, a high bar for the quality of their video content. It's a lot of like uh, uh, artistic creators there. And so there's a space for that. And they've certainly improve their product over the uh, years it's funny the dynamics between like music and business though right because people are very reactive and it's difficult going into a meeting when you have like a hit record and hearing well we really wanted a record like the one last year and at times you know you give in but as a futurist as a technologist and an advisor the only way to succeed in that arena is to offer up something completely new from the ground up or take something already in existence and make it better then you have to convince people one by one to sign up for it or buy it. It, it kind of takes a different mindset. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And um, I was just telling someone yesterday, like, I didn't realize until maybe the past couple of years that there were these different mindsets. So when I, like, I learned a lot from Kanye and even just how I operate. When I first hooked up with Kanye, I just thought what he was doing was dope. And I said, I think there's something here. I think I can help add unique value to it. And I'm going to do that. All the other people that know everything, all the label heads or just the, the professionals, the rappers, they would say, no one wants to hear you rap. That's Just keep making beats. And people know this, this story. And it's not until something becomes socially validated that typically these big systems, whether it's an investor whether it's a record label, whether it's A&R. It's only when it gets hot that people start to recognize its value. John Legend's first album, Get Lifted, we had to all these labels for years before he got a record deal. It's rare to get someone that actually is like, oh, this is good, I'm going to invest in it, whatever that may be. Um, so I think when you do find those people, you should like really appreciate that and like hold on, hold on to them because they'll give you the the real deal, not like, is it hot or not to other people? Yeah. Yeah. So like, how did John legend so early in his career, was able to get on an Aretha record that was written by you, Isaac Hayes and the guy who wrote getting jiggy with it. Like, I don't know much about David Porter, but the versatility is astounding that he can write songs for ZZ top Wu Tang and Patsy Klein. John and I used to be roommates, uh, which a lot of people know, but um, I'll dive into that. I guess a little bit deeper, but when we were at Penn, uh, we both went to college in Philadelphia at the University of Pennsylvania. And actually, the really interesting thing is when I was in high school, I visited Penn like, and, at, for this special weekend. They had high schoolers come. And um, I remember meeting people, not meeting people. And there was a guy across this big auditorium. I see this guy and I'm just like, me and that guy, if we both go here, are going to be best friends. I've never felt that before, but I just, I knew, I'm like, I don't know why, but I know that's the case. Freshman year, I go there, I end up meeting that guy like in the first semester, which is John, it ends up being John. I'm like, oh, this is the guy I saw in that auditorium. Interesting. We ended up being roommates the next three years of college and then moving to New York and being roommates in New York with a bunch of uh, other guys. 
while living in New York and John had a job somewhere and I was trying to make it, figure it out here in New York, I would just be making beats and making song ideas in our little studio set up in our apartment. And the Aretha Franklin, several of John's first album songs and that Aretha Franklin song, What Y'all Want to Do, is a song that um, uh, I came up with in our little apartment. So I would sing these song ideas and they sound like garbage. And, um, but then John would come home from work and I'd be like, John, you have to sing this. It'll sound hot. So then he sings it now, it sounds like it's a hot like record. so that's what happened with that song um and so i think that's the only time i've been starstruck in my life is when i met aretha in the studio recording that but the, the early stuff from from john stevens before he was john legend was produced by dave tozer who did like who played guitar on diamonds right so he's 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 in the picture somewhere kind of the whole time as well uh and dave would love that you are aware of him so <laughs> shout out to dave tozer but um, but no. Again, while we were at Penn, uh, Dave drove a shuttle bus around campus. Wow! And so, um, and so he was teaching himself how to play guitar, actually. And then one of our other friends, Max Blumenthal, was like, um, "Oh, you play guitar? My friend John sings. You should link up with John." So they link up. We're like sophomores in college, or something like that. And Dave is sees John's a good singer and is like, hey, let's make some songs. So the first songs that John created and started performing were stuff that we were doing in Philadelphia at random, like open mics with Dave. Um, and then we started, it was, they, those guys started doing like bars and stuff. So for years, we were performing at bars, weddings, uh, nightclubs, little festivals in the park. And and Dave was generally speaking the musical director, and we were trying to figure things out. And um, and yeah, and then Dave has grown as a songwriter and producer, and now he has a big studio in Union Square. And and um, but all that stuff started in the late '90s in in Philly, like during the like neo soul scene. That's crazy. And and just to set the tone that people don't know you produce stereo john met his wife on the set of that video so without you there is no chrissy tigan and john legend there are no kids there are no chrissy cookbooks that empire wouldn't exist without you thank you yes thank you someone acknowledging this john's a star he he would have been successful no matter what it wouldn't have been in this particular uh manifestation and chrissy's amazing too um, so I'm glad that it worked out this way, but yeah, man, man, I gotta start charging people for, uh, being my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be your friend after this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like here, here's another example of, of this ripple effect, you know, Kanye's new album that he, uh, announced this week, God's country. Uh, did you have any hand in anything, consulting feedback, anything? No. See, you would be incorrect to say that. Cause I want everyone okay. to know the ripple effect that is Devo Springsteen, because you introduced Kanye to Kara Lewis, 
And if you don't know who Kara Lewis is, she's the biggest rep in music from Eminem to Rihanna. And right now, her two biggest clients are Kanye and Travis Scott. So you think it's a coincidence that Travis Scott's on the lead single? See, that's the power and reach of Devo Springsteen right there. An an introduction 20 years ago has ripples in music just last week. Wow. Well, first of all, you're an amazing researcher. (laughs) I bet you that. Um, But yeah, Kara Lewis, I used to hear her name in different rap songs. I was like, dang, man, who's Kara Lewis? You know, I think one thing that keeps coming up, even in this brief conversation we've been having, is the power of these relationships you know, if you do right by people and you're open-minded. But anyways, again, from college, from Penn, uh, one of my friends started working at the William Morris Agency, uh, Amy Tunick, in the uh, uh, mailroom. And, um, yeah, they, you know, you hear about, yeah, from the mailroom to the boardroom or whatever. And so I'd heard about Kara Lewis and Kanye. I think he had just gotten a record deal. And I was like, man, we got to get you a booking agent. like. Kara Lewis, she's a booking agent. I think she's supposed to be the best. My friend works in a mailroom at William Morris. Maybe we can get <laughs> hooked up with her. So somehow, my friend Amy was able to set up a meeting with Kara Lewis. And so we go to William Morris. Go, and we're like 22, 23. I don't know. Super young. And again, Kanye had no songs out. Um, he had just, I think, gotten a record deal. He may not even have had a deal then yet. But we go to Carol's office, and I've never been in one of these offices. In this big building, and you go in, and you know there's four walls to a room. I think one of them may have been windows. Every inch of every wall was covered with plaques, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is amazing! I've never seen three plaques, much less hundreds." And so. You know, uh, I, I I give it to Kanye. Like again, at that time, he had no songs out. He did have a rocket full of chain. That was the one like validating thing, I guess. But yeah, we're just young kids. We're in the room. She has Eminem concert. She's planning tours. And Kanye was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll play you my my songs." And he just didn't even really ask. He just said, "Where's your CD player?" Back when they had CD players, and. Goes over to her CD player, pits in his CD. She didn't ask for any of this. And starts performing his shit. He's performing Jesus Walks. <laughs> to the hustlers, killers, murderers, drug killers, even the scrippers. Jesus walks with them. To the victims of welfare, feel we living in hell here. He's performing these songs and standing there and like full on, like it could have been the garden. And, um, even me, I was like, damn, man, this guy's really like going hard. And but it was dope. And by the end of that meeting, she was like, I want to sign you. He didn't have any songs out. He didn't have wasn't doing any shows, but it was so compelling, hip, his own belief, and the music was fucking fire. So somehow my friend Amy from the mailroom got us this meeting. She was there in the meeting too. And like, you know, we're all like one year out of college, two years out of college. And um, yeah, so we got hooked up with Kara Lewis. And whenever I see Kara, it's all love, like even even now. And so, um, yeah, I got to I got to charge Kara too. Yeah. <laughs> well, shout out Amy from the mailroom at least. But yeah, like yeah. You, you, you're highlighting networking, but it wasn't all roses because the great iconic singers of the past, man, they hate to be sampled by you guys. 
Shirley Bassey claims she didn't even know you guys sampled her, even though she's credited in the linear notes, and Shaka Khan hated through the wire. I'm just glad that Aretha Franklin was nice to you, at least. Part of the rub for producers out there that are sampling folks, like, number one, number one, I'd really just really know that you need to sample it, to sample it, because it will... It could, it could prevent your stuff from coming out. It can definitely take away from your ownership. So make sure that it's hot and make sure that you can't really move the song along without the samples or whatever. But yeah, you have to be a writer, not just the artist to get you know permissions and be notified and participate in the, these records. Even if you're an artist, hopefully you're able to get some sort of writing or publishing uh participation but yeah i mean a lot of people have made a lot of money from kanye west sampling them. or or me to a lesser extent i i, I don't know i don't know like, is sampling now how prevalent is sampling now in sort of uh majorly released music uh you know i i don't think people are as bold to sample nina simone as much as they were when you guys were doing it right but at the same time i'm it's just it's it's like the 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 iconic singers of the seventies and eighties. I don't think they understand sampling, and their 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 just their attitude towards it is bitter automatically. But you know, you were given advice of producers just now, like, hey, you should think about this. Let me ask you something else as well, because if I'm Beanie Siegel and I find out that you bought a five dollar record in the East Village, like you just saw a James Bond soundtrack. And the initial vision was to give me that record, and instead you bring it to Kanye, and three days later it's on his album, and that single propels the album to platinum status, and you win Grammys. How do we as label mates not get bitter and jealous? Do we just pull up our big boy pants and move on? You know, how does Beanie not get into his feelings about that? Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like it's it's competitive <laughs> out here. Diamonds are forever They are all I need to please me They can stimulate and tease me They won't leave in the night I've no fear that they might desert me Diamonds are forever Throw your diamonds in the sky if you feel the vibe and at the end of the day, I'm I'm Kanye's guy. But you're label mates, though, aren't you? Or no? Or good music and Rockefeller, it, it doesn't kind of work that way at the time. Yeah, it, it, it's different. Me, I was signed to Kanye, and so that's that's sort of how it, how that is. And so Beanie Siegel or whoever out there. You got to find your own diva, and 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 that's that's part of that's part of the, the the gig here, and is like finding your own Dave Tozer, finding your own John Legend, finding like and Kanye, he was someone else's Devo Springsteen, right? Um, the name the the Mad Rapper before he was his own guy. So again, these relationships and finding people who who you can support. Um, who you can add add value to? So Kanye, he's working with um, D Dot Angeletti, mad rapper, for years before he got his own placements. But 
he could go in the studio and be like, yeah, here's my joint with Eminem on it. Here's my joint with Cash Money. Here's a um, Jermaine Dupri. Like, he can go in and now have his own sort of brand and opportunities from sort of a, a, a apprentice, apprenticing. So get your own people to work under you or work under other people. Um, but yeah, again, those relationships are so important. Smart advice. So why did my man, John legend do you dirty? You were supposed to be in the video for best I ever had and green light, but you weren't in there, man. This is just like, this guy's reading my mind. <laughs> you know what? I think I, I did. I was at all these video shoots, but, um, for some reason, they like they would just focus on these hot women, and uh, and somehow I would be on the editing floor. So I'm supposed to be in the Grammy family video as well, but um, I think I was so disillusioned. I'm like, man, I never get in these videos. I'm not even gonna go. But <laughs> what about the cover of Vibe when it was like Kanye, John Legend, and and Common? Like, I swear, man, that there needs to be. Look, I like I know I heard about like you and John Legend's combined birthday parties. I heard they were something else. I hear yeah. like celebrities like Bill Murray are showing up. Like, oh yeah, why don't they just film that? That is the music video. Yeah, we had the hottest parties. <laughs> um, Estelle, I I still will. Um, even as recently as a, a couple of years ago. People would be like, "Oh, didn't you used to have those parties?" Blah blah blah. The the producers still, I think, don't get enough love, um, and people focus on the, the artist, which is fine. But um, yeah, I'm I'm glad there's outlets like this where at least uh, we can like show love to one another here. Absolutely, and and around this time, because uh, I got stories on top of stories, my friend. Uh, I'm watching Showtime at the Apollo. I'm not even sure if kids nowadays even know what that is. I think Steve Harvey was hosting it, and it used to come on like 2 o'clock in the morning. Definitely wasn't prime time. And out walks this convict by the name of Life Jennings, and I was captivated. And I remember this story because it would otherwise be insignificant, but he actually blew up. And I was like, oh, I remember that guy. And you worked with him on Midnight Train, and that one was tricky for you, right? Because there's a lot of versions, and word on the street is you were actually spitting some hot rhymes on it. Can you bust out the hard drive and let us hear that? Oh my god! Yeah, that is. Um, I I did a remix of Life Jennings for is a Japanese reggae remix um, just for the Japanese market, and we made lots of different versions. And I was trying to get my Swiss beats like get the party hype vibe, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really. Knock it out of the, the, the park with that one. Um, Who said, though? Maybe you were just self-conscious. What if you were the next Swiss Beats? Well, see? you know what? That's So I'll tell you a story you may not know. Is that, um, I, I, I mean, I'm sure I could have worked on that more. That'd be fine. But I was actually offered a record deal at, during this, this whole time. Um, and so the idea was that I would get a, um, basically like a DJ Khaled sort of compilation. This was like in the, in the, heat of the good music sort of time. So they're just like, dude, we'll give you an album. We'll give you, we'll give you a few albums. We just need Kanye in, uh, in two songs and one video. So I was like, damn, man, I could, this is before the DJ Khaled, but I'm like, man, I could be in my, like my Dr. Trey, like um, you know, get, get my little artist off and like, I can get some show money. And, um, and so I, so I went to Kanye and I was like, it, it would be a good music compilation and I could do whatever I wanted. And I know it would have been dope. I know it would have been crazy, but um, 
So I go to Kanye. I'm like, yo, do you want to do this? Like, just offer me. I didn't even, I don't, I don't have a demo or anything. And I think he was sort of winding down sort of the first iteration of good music before like Big Sean and whatnot. And so he didn't want to like support like getting the band together again and all that. I think I could have pressed him and he would have done it if I had like pressed him to, uh, you know, support this album thing. But, but I knew that for me, I wasn't the artist. I can get excited about even my roommate who's a singer. Cause I know he's a world world superstar level vocalist. And so now let's just put the fine tuning to make it marketable. But at the same time, I know enough about sort of what's a star that I'm like, for the music space, I'm not that guy to like be a global star, especially if I'm not the the, the performer. I need to get all these other folks in, involved. So, yeah, my hot bars on the Life Jennings songs uh, will forever hopefully remain in the archives. I, I don't think it's it's public knowledge that John Legend actually did work at a prestigious consultant group. But bur- during that time, I, I think you let me know that he did go see L.A. Reid and Jimmy Iovine, you name it, and they all turned him down. Call me a bad friend, but if I was in a similar situation and my friend told me that, I'd be like, well, hey, maybe music isn't your true path. Maybe you should stick to playing bars at night and PowerPoint presentations by day. But you took a chance on him. You believed in him. Like, was it obligation due to being roommates, helping a friend out? Or maybe you saw something that L.A. Reid, maybe you saw something that Clive Davis and, and Jimmy Iovine didn't see. Yeah, I mean, I saw. I was too young and dumb to know any better. But I'm just like, nah, this shit is hot. What are you talking about? Like, you, you are looking for uh, you as being a record company person are looking for something that is going to generate some excitement and, and money. And your frame of reference ain't what's hot. Your frame of reference is what's on the radio or what someone your peers told you. My frame of reference is we're hot. There's nothing hotter than what we, Kanye, and Consequence, and JIV, and there's nothing hotter than what we're doing. And it's and and anyone on the street will tell you that. So I don't need L.A. Reid to tell me or whatever, just using his name. But what any executive would tell us is hot. I don't need someone to say, "Oh, John Legend," like we already have Jimmy Cozier. That's in, we already have John Legend. You don't know what you're talking about. I say the same thing now. Like we're doing, I'm doing the same thing now with this tech startup on a different level. And, uh, you know, some people are into it. Some people are like, I don't get it. That's trash. You don't have, you have never built anything. And, and even if you have built something, I'm telling you right now, all these people that are trying to pay money to use this thing have a different opinion. So I don't know, when you believe, you have to just believe, man. And and you don't know how many people would say to, uh, to, to, to even, even, even yay, you're not a real artist. No one wants to hear it. Like, I know people have heard stories. Listening to this, you probably heard stories like, oh, they didn't want to sign him. No, it was worse. They would ridicule him. Executives, artists. Etc. would ridicule this guy till he was crying. I'm telling you. And he would still say, I'm going to be the number one artist in the world. So that is why I believe 
when you see your friend, someone you care about that says that, and no matter what people say, they kind of are, they literally, they still believe in their bones that this is the case. It helps you believe anything is possible. So I think that's why if you look at all those people that were around good music in those, those days, whether it's Don C, Don was a, like assistant road manager. Now he's probably the number one streetwear designer. Virgil, I'm not even going to go into Virgil was, who was Virgil? It's like a, it, he kind of, he's a, a creative director is like a very new sort of concept in a rap. Now everyone has a creative director, but um, he was like a kid from university of Wisconsin. And now you see what he is. So I think this concept of literally believing you can be or do anything, despite what the smart people in the room say, um, I, I, that's more valuable than, than anything, man. Like screw these people and what they say you can do what you can't do. They don't know. So you, so you have this belief system in place. Did getting your MBA, was that a way to legitimize all future ventures or that was just something that you needed, you felt you needed to do? Right or wrong. I felt I was sort of pigeonholed into this music creative guy concept and I don't feel like I'm necessarily that. I feel like I like to do cool shit. I don't care if it's making, I really like making furniture. So I don't care if it's like making furniture, making tracks, helping facilitate deals for other people. I just like doing things that people enjoy and that are innovative. And what I found is that if you do that in an authentic way, people start to give you money and they start to offer you Hey, can you come do that for us? Hey, do that for our company. Oh, those videos were cool. Can you come to work at our company and lead our team making those videos? The MBA thing was really just an opportunity for me to reset my career, see some other options out there, have a couple of years to figure out my next move. And, uh, and I'm like, who has Grammys and an MBA? Like two <laughs> Ivy League. That's dope. Yeah. Did you take the GMAT exam? I did. Did you know that less than ten percent of people that successfully passed that exam are black? Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't know that. I uh, I was working on some music, and um, I I took thirty days. I got the Manhattanville test prep, and took thirty days to study for the GMAT, and then I went and took the exam. And most people, I think, for a frame of reference take two, two or three months of like coursework. You pay someone to go into a classroom. I just studied myself with some books and I did pretty well. Um, I forget my score, but I think it was pretty good. And I was considering, you know, should I go to school or do this? And some song came out, some song that was, uh, was what's the song with Sips My Mind, but it was Kanye, Jay-Z, uh, Swagger, Swagger Like Us, that song. So that came out, and it was just like overnight. It was on the radio all the time. And I was yes. like, how do you make this beat? And I'm trying to dissect how you make this beat. And I was like, man. So I spoke to Kanye that day. He was at the dentist's office. And I was like, you know what? I decided um, I'm going to go to business school. And I want you to write a letter like for Harvard, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, what, what, what happened? Why? 
And I said, man, I just swagger like us beat. I'm never going to make a beat as good as this. I'm not. And so I don't want to do this. <laughs> That's so bittersweet. And you know, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I, I won't. And, and I know you're going to get better. And I, why am I, why am I doing this? And you know, what was funny is he said, he's like, man, he was like, it's funny because, uh, we make these tracks. We're trying to make people quit doing music. We're literally trying to make you stop. And he's like, I didn't intend that from my own team, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, that's that's literally part of why I, I quit. Well, I mean, you're I, I bring that up because like you're you're you know that's bittersweet to hear, but you're in an elite group because uh, C, CBS has forty two percent minority percentage of enrollees but only but less than 10 percent actually pass that exam and you took one third of the time the median average you should study for that exam and you knocked it out of the park so you're definitely where you need to be yeah well it's a very interesting time and people ask me about mba should i get my mba if anyone here is listening to this my two cents is no yeah, I mean, you know a lot of millionaires, and the vast majority of them did not go to business school or college, period. So, you know. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's tough. That's that's what I'm saying. And most of my business school friends are not millionaires. <laughs> Funny um, how that goes. So give me some frame of, of reference of sort of what we're talking about here. And I do think there's such a thing as uh, over-education. And... I think I've sort of spoken on this before, but, you know, I, I think we, even when I was in business school, um, that people are kind of like, oh, Devo, he's a creative guy, he's a hip hop guy, yeah, whatever, you know, it's not real business. And I'm like, oh, Kanye West is not real business? Like, when you look at tech- technological disruption and Napster and Spotify and how whole industries change over the course of five years, how formats, change music isn't at the forefront of that um culture creation music isn't at the forefront of creating the models that define how american culture and this thus worldwide culture exist go to china go to thailand go around the world and ask them what are the first things that, that they think about in terms of uh, american culture outside of like hamburgers or like ignorant people they're going to mention musicians so yeah i i think musicians and producers especially who i think are kind of the the fabric and backbone of what music is we're really a lot more tied in and able to affect changes and create new concepts and promote new models like that's that's why i still feel like what i'm doing is the exact same thing as when i was producing i don't play any instruments i don't code very much but I know what's hot. I know, I feel I know what the market wants. And I know sort of, this is where we are. Oh, this would be dope if people did this thing. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, you had Kanye in the in the spaceship video struggling at the gap, and now he has a 10-year deal. So if that's not an example of manifested destiny, uh, I mean, what is? That's a strong example. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, this world, I was talking to someone the other day. I was like, man, for that, what was this, this song? Oh, Stay Up, uh, 
with uh, 88 keys. 88 keys. Yeah, yeah. And somehow that was came up on my uh, phone, I think, earlier today. And, and Kanye was like, yeah, you just should go get Kim Kardashian. Da, 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 da. I was like, damn, man. You literally can just talk all these things into existence. If you believe. If you believe. Something passionate between you, Cassie, and Kim Kardashian. Maybe that'll work when you get to hit that ass again. Or you could grab a Red Bull and sip that twice. Now y'all can have sexy time. It's nice. I, I, I was on some, I was on, I think, Rap City, I think, and I was saying, um, what was it? Uh, it was like, oh, what are you working on? Rap City was a show on TV back in the uh, early 2000s, guys. But um, uh, they were like, what are you working on? I'm like, yeah, I'm working on this. I'm working on the new Nas album. Now I, was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I was working on the album in my mind and in my apartment, just like, this is for Nas, but his team didn't know about that or care or whatever. And so, um, someone has seen that and they reached out sort of like, uh, to a wise guy talking about Nas album. That's like what we're doing is private. He's not involved. I was on that album though. It's if, if nothing else from, uh, from me, I hope that people uh, can understand that just the, the, the power of believing and the power of not listening to others, but just listening to your, your own heart. Yeah. Well, uh, Devo, I, this is what I'll say. You, you came, you saw, you conquered, and this next phase of your professional life, it's important for me uh, as a biracial man myself uh, and having this platform that recognizing black achievements not only disrupts the negative stereotypes of African Americans, but it presents a powerful alternative narrative. Charismatic, ambitious, and hugely successful leaders have risen from various communities and changed our political, economic, and cultural lives for the better. I think you are the embodiment of that. And I thank you for your contributions to tech, futurology, and music. Thank you. And with that said, you have the floor to promote, educate, where can people find you in person, anything you wish? Oh, all right. Well, yeah, I'm on Twitter at, uh, and Instagram, Spring Steezy. You can uh, find me there. Uh, also, check out our video platform. It's not a video platform. It's a streaming platform. <laughs> Adventure, which is uh, A-D-V-E-N-T-R, adventure.io. Um, and you can see stuff that, that we're doing there. You can play around with, with videos uh, that will be up there soon. And um, I just really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation. I hope people get some, uh, some value out of it. Um, and, you know, all these people that we sort of mentioned in this conversation, myself and my you know, peers, every one of those people, uh, people were saying no to you can't do it. No one wants that for years, every single one of them. So I really hope that uh, I know we all hear a lot of no's uh, as we move forward in, in, in our lives. So I really hope that people think about that the next time someone tells you no. Yeah. And, uh, and on that note too, I, you know, I took the adventure tiger King quiz and shamefully I got all three questions, right. But it was a very cool experience. Oh. Nice, nice. Well, feel free to share it with your friends. Share to social media. That's a cool thing. Those things work in anywhere, those adventures. So a new project I'm excited about that we're working on, which is actually out now, is 
the Crescendo Royalty Fund. So what that is, is essentially a way that producers and songwriters can uh, get cash and get liquidity for future uh, streaming income now. So if there are writers, songwriters, uh, artists, small labels that have interest in selling or partnering with Crescendo in terms of maximizing their revenue from streaming, just from streaming, then uh, you can just look up Crescendo Royalty Fund, or you can even DM me at SpringSteezy, and uh, if it makes sense, I'll connect you. But uh, but yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, it's an opportunity that I didn't have many years ago to monetize and invest in myself uh, at an earlier stage instead of waiting for seven, ten years to uh, save up money to to buy my studio space and etc. All right, Diva, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being here. Best of luck with adventure and any and all future endeavors, my friend. Thank you. 